0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Good morning. Welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Leanne Caldwell, anchor at Washington Post Live and also co-author of the early 202 newsletter. Today, I am joined by the second ranking Democrat in the House of Representatives, uh, Representative Catherine Clark of Massachusetts. Thanks so much for being with us, Congresswoman.
1: Thank you for having me, Leanne.
0: Yes, a long time coming. I really appreciate your time today. Um, I do wanna start with some news of the day. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been moving closer to opening an impeachment inquiry against President Biden. I wanna get your reaction to that.
1: You know, this is yet another example of the extremism that we are seeing every single day from the House GOP. And let's be very clear what Kevin McCarthy is trying to parse. He's saying we might be ready to open an impeachment inquiry. Because he knows as well as we know, there are no facts to this. This is a pursuit that is political theater and that is a result of a GOP that has no agenda that includes the American people. And that's what our caucus and Democrats are focused on, making sure that we are growing our economy by growing the middle class and bringing home solutions to families for what they talk about around their kitchen tables. Impeachment without any facts, any basis, any evidence, is just a political stunt.
0: Republicans have ongoing investigations into the president, including mostly His son, Hunter Biden, his business dealings, um, a plea deal that he made with uh, the Department of Justice over uh, backpaid taxes. Do Democrats have a strategy long term over the next several months on how to push back against this, especially if this does move into the impeachment inquiry phase?
1: Our strategy is going to remain the same. We know our why. You know, Speaker Pelosi always said to us, know your why. We are here and united as a caucus in in a way that is really something that I haven't seen this level of uh, unity and commitment to fighting for the American people. And what we are seeing is a complete lack of Republican agenda to do that. And so we're going to remain... While the chaos and the circus continues from House GOP, fighting for them. And that means, you know, celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act that help us reduce healthcare costs for Americans dramatically. $35 a month for our seniors who need insulin. That was the cap the Democrats voted on and put in place with the Biden administration that we didn't garner a single Republican vote. And what did we see come January when that went into effect? We saw all the major makers of insulin in this country expand that cost cap to private citizens as well, those not on Medicare. So that is exactly where we're gonna remain focused and putting into place all the bills from the 117th Congress that we were able to put out there for the American people, whether that's rebuilding infrastructure, whether that is bringing manufacturing jobs and plants back to our shores, and whether that is defending our planet and making sure that we are fighting to keep the historic investments we are able to pass last year and fight off all the attacks from the House GOP on that progress and on yep. the urgency of fighting for climate.
0: Congresswoman, is Hunter Biden a liability for President Biden?
1: Hunter Biden, let's, let's review the facts here as well. Hunter Biden today, is entering a plea agreement. This is a case that has been looked at by the uh, Trump DOJ, as well as the Biden DOJ, and this is the result. It is not up to politicians to come in and insert themselves into this legal proceeding. So he will be pleading guilty to two misdemeanors and to a deferred prosecution on a gun charge. That is the end of the story. But what we have is an obsession by the GOP in trying to make something out of Hunter Biden, who is a private citizen. And it is all a deflection of the continuing chaos that we see every single day. And what does this mean to real people at home, to the people that I'm concerned about? I can tell you that I just did an event at home in Massachusetts where we were celebrating the fact that the EPA is rolling out $58 million to help get every single lead pipe and have increased testing for lead and water in our schools and childcare centers. That's an issue that people care very deeply about. And what are we seeing from the House GOP? slashing the EPA's budget, trying to overturn what we're doing to get lead pipes out, expand broadband, making sure that we are rebuilding our economy by rebuilding our bridges and our transportation systems. So, you know, what we're seeing here is a total lack of seriousness and a chaos within their own party that is leaving the American people and their needs in the rearview mirror.
0: Since you mentioned uh, funding uh, and Republicans trying to cut funding, we are amidst uh, appropriation season. That's where they, you know, the government, the Congress funds the government. There are growing fears that there is going to be a government shutdown. So I want to ask you, from a viewer who's from, his name is Trip Rothschild from Maryland. He asks, Congresswoman, is there going to be a government shutdown? Is that likely this fall?
1: Yeah, this question is so timely and one of our greatest concerns. Government shutdowns, despite what we're hearing from our Republican colleagues who are already setting the stage for this, saying they don't really matter, the American people won't notice, The last government shutdown that was over the medieval border wall proposal from President Trump took $11 billion out of our economy. I remember a federal worker who was talking about how she had to ration her insulin because she was working without pay for 35 days. So don't tell me that government shutdowns are some sort of exercise in the growing chaos out of the House GOP that doesn't have an impact on American families. It is serious. It can be be very dangerous as we are having an economy that is really showing signs of growth. Why would you do this? But it is a continuation of the same mindset that got us to the manufactured default crisis. They put the politics and the fights that are within their own party. You know, Democrats and the American people are on the outside saying, we're working for solutions. We're looking to move our forward to continue growing this economy. And they are looking at fighting with each other on a race to the bottom. So we are very, very concerned at where the house appropriations process has gone that we are seeing all these poison pills being added, whether it is their obsession with a national abortion ban, whether it is their very anti-LGBTQ discrimination, or whether it is trying to roll back all the diversity and equity um, progress that we have made throughout our government and are working on to bring justice and equality in our country. And they're fighting amongst themselves. And the American people are just left out of the equation.
0: That is a good point. They might not even be able to fund the government if they can. The Republicans can agree on how to do that. Something that they are battling right now as we speak in Congress. Um, As you mentioned, they are adding a lot of these quote, culture war issues to each bill that they do pass. It, uh, the annual defense policy bill, they're doing the same to government funding bills regarding agriculture, military construction, and veterans, um, you know, trying to cut programs on diversity, uh, focusing on restricting abortion, um, and LGBTQ issues as well. So that's a long windup to ask you are these culture war type issues actually going to help Republicans in the 2024 midterm elections?
1: Absolutely not. One thing we know is the American people don't want this. They want us to focus on exactly what Democrats have been delivering for them, lowering their costs, especially healthcare costs, the costs of groceries, making sure that we are growing the middle class and adding to security. Where on that list are they tackling rising gun violence in this country? Where on that list are they ensuring freedom of people to make their own healthcare decisions in consultation with their doctors, with their faith, with their families, instead of with politicians here in the GOP in Washington? where on their list of achievements and on all these riders they're putting into appropriation bills is addressing climate change with the urgency that is needed. Any newscast you tune into this summer, we're seeing flooding, we're seeing heat domes, the changes are here and we need to protect the American people and our planet from these changes. These are urgent, urgent issues before the American people. And what we're seeing from the House GOP is just intra-party fighting over different culture wars, and they're fighting with themselves. And the real danger of all of this is, none of it includes moving forward, making progress, finding solutions.
0: President Biden, uh... Has an approval rating of, of around 40%, give or take, one or two percentage points. Um, and as far as the economy is concerned, new poll recent polling says that just one out of three people uh, approve of his handling of the economy. Even though some democratic or some economic signs are actually quite good. Inflation is down, unemployment is low. How do Democrats change voters and Americans perspectives of the economic situation?
1: You know, I I would only disagree with one statement there that there is some good news. It is all good news on the economy coming out of this. Uh, You know, the proposals, the policies, Bidenomics at work. And so here's what we're seeing. Inflation continuing to fall. Costs continuing to come down. Job growth and wages are up. And for the first time, we are seeing real wages outstrip increased costs. That's a huge difference for American families. And what the polling is showing us is that people feel good about their own personal financial situations. This is not mission accomplished. We have a long ways to go to ensure that we keep this progress and that we make sure the American people feel confident again in their economy. And this is gonna take time because we had two major shocks to our economy, the pandemic and the Russian invasion in Ukraine. And we can see from even recent events uh, where Russia has decided to try to interrupt the flow of grain from Ukraine once again, um, that those kind of shocks can keep coming. And that adds to anxiety that people already feel. But the economic news is good and people have high job satisfaction right now. And we have to make sure that we continue to tackle bringing down the cost of health care, which we Democrats have done around prescription drug prices, around the cost of insulin, keeping premiums low. And we have to make sure that we are continuing to grow the middle class, address issues around housing and transportation, while we work for the security of people's neighborhoods and families, reducing gun violence and making sure that we are taking climate change seriously and making those investments in green technology that can not only help us save the planet, but create great paying jobs and be a leader globally in the green tech revolution.
0: Throughout your career, Congresswoman, you have focused on the care economy, Um, elderly care, child care. There is right now, a bipartisan working group working on uh, uh, paid leave, as we know that these care economy issues have eluded Congress for, for decades. Is there any chance, do you think, that there could be any success from this bipartisan group? And do you think there could be some change either from this group or elsewhere, this Congress, on these issues, especially paid, paid leave?
1: You know, these issues are so fundamental to the success of our economy. Um, And I know Leanne, you and I have talked about this many times about how important paid leave is, how important it is for families around this country to be able to access quality, affordable childcare, to have people who are paid a wage that they can support their family while they're helping care for ours, whether it's uh, people like me who, at the same time that I was raising my children, also had to take care of my elderly parents who were experiencing real health uh, crises and situations. And so we know that this care economy is so fundamental to where where we grow and how we continue to have an economy that is preeminent in the world. So what are we seeing now? We are seeing that the pandemic really stripped back, pulled back that curtain and showed us how important and frail these systems are. And that if we don't make these investments in American families with paid leave, childcare, care for our seniors and other family members, and make sure that those providers are paid a good wage, we are not going to have the full recovery and growth that we want. So I hope that this bipartisan group is going to continue to make progress. But what we have seen from the House GOP is an absolute turning back of the clock. The recent appropriations process reduced dramatically funding for Head Start for child care grants to states. This is all moving in the wrong direction. And what we're going to do is continue to try and reach across the aisle, but also talk to the American people who understand the urgency around President Biden's care agenda that he has set forth and bringing it to law. And so we're going to continue to do that and fight in 2024. These issues are going to be on the ballot and they are winners for Democrats because they're winners for American families.
0: And finally, we're almost out of time, but I do want to ask you, you're about seven, almost eight months into your new role in Congress as a Democratic whip. Of course, this is the first time In nearly 20 years, there has been new Democratic leadership with Speaker, with you know Nancy Pelosi not at the helm. What are the challenges? What What about this job and this leadership role? Did you not expect now that you know what? Now that you're in it?
1: Well, I I knew it was going to be difficult working across the aisle. I I didn't know it was going to be this chaotic, chaotic and circus-like. But I can tell you that there is. um, this is a great leadership team that I'm very proud to be a part of. And it really um, is an honor and a privilege to be able to be in leadership for this caucus because we have diversity, uh, which as the speaker tells us is our strength and unity, which is our power. And we remain unified by our deep shared values that place the American people and their needs front and center every single day and bring their voices and stories and experiences into the halls of Congress, into the corridors of power, exactly where they should be. And so it is a a great um, responsibility, I feel, Uh, And it is also a great privilege to be able to be part of this caucus leadership team um, as we move forward. And we need those voices of the American people here because what we're seeing from the House GOP is that it is about an agenda that is being spirited, it is discriminatory, and it is working against our own economy and, and growing that economy and making investments in the American people and their future. So we are a united team and uh, uh, the first six months have been um, truly a, 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 a really good um, experience and we look forward to, uh, to moving forward and winning back the majority in 24.
0: Great, Congresswoman. Thanks so much. I guess it does help to get your training wheels in the, in the minority as well. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know you have a lot of work to do. So thank you. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.